Good morning and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, joined this morning uh, by Mick Lowe's, Stu Penman, Al Waleed and Mitch. Uh, and uh, welcome, lads. Good to see you. And uh, Stu, you're in, the, you're in the UK. I am. I've managed to sneak in. Uh, nice, nice and sunny, just a different temperature. It's about <laughs> 25, 26 degrees cooler than it was there yesterday morning, so... But it's good, great to be back, actually. And when I'm in St. James's tomorrow, then I'll know I'm home. Brilliant stuff. Good to have you back, mate. And uh, Mick, great to see you. Uh, Thank you. Good, good week this week for you. Are you uh, making a bit of progression? Everybody's yeah. asking, lots of people asking after you, as always. Yeah, as I say, thanks. Thank you to, again, for you for allowing me to do this. Because it is, it is literally just about, as they've said again this week, just keep at it, keep at it. Um uh, so yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, um, a few more words, a few more sentences, a few, few more this, a few more that. So yeah, but uh, thank you for everybody's wishes, and uh, as I say, thank you to you lot for for allowing me uh, this because it's very, very important. Great stuff, mate. Great to have you on. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, plenty to talk about as always in the last seven days at Newcastle United and a couple of games as well. Uh, uh, two completely contrasting games, Mick. Um, mm. We'll start with Leicester and then look at Liverpool. Uh, Leicester, we all had a, a bounce in our step, of course, after getting three points against Burnley and and potentially looking to to add to that. But uh, we came back down to earth with a bump at Leicester. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't suppose any of us and anybody listening to this would, would have been overly surprised that you know we we ended up beaten at Leicester and ended up beaten against probably the best second best in the in the division liverpool but um i have to say watching the 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 leicester game was was very strange in so much as you know for for me for an hour i thought we were in it honestly i thought even at 2-0 we were in it i thought if we'd gone 2-1 we could even get 2-2 and i, I didn't think leicester were particularly impressive i think what they had is and what Liverpool have, and what probably the majority of sides in the league have, it's the quality. It's the quality. So they have Tielemans. And I think I mentioned this time last week about Madison as well. I was a bit wary the fact that he's come back to the player he was. And he was outstanding. I mean, absolutely outstanding. And, and you've got, when you've got Tielemans and you've got Madison, when you've got quality of that style of player, I'm sorry, you know. Their two are as good as our eleven, almost. To be honest with you, so you know it, it is a it's a desperate and a hard task. But as I say, I genuinely thought we were in it um, at an hour, and in the end, faded away. Likewise with Liverpool. Clearly, we were better against Liverpool. Very good goal. Stayed at it. Stayed patient. But then, of course. Mike Dean does Mike Dean. Mike Dean has done what Mike Dean has done for decades. The guy is an absolute grade A, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I never fail to watch that. that. That day that he was caught with the fans, at the Tranmere fans, giving it the punching. And the, I mean, the guy is an N.O.B., isn't he? I mean, he is a proper grade A. So nothing surprises you. Funnily enough, you know, because obviously I wasn't at the game, the thing that annoyed me and surprised me more was something, I can't remember who read it, but I did think at the time, this is a great point that I haven't heard many people say. The best goal of the lot is Trent Alexander's goal. He stands in the way of that, Mike Dean, if you watch it. He actually runs across the past of the defender. So Trent Alexander hits it and it shoots straight through Mike Dean, who blocks the keeper and blocks the defenders and ends up in the top left-hand corner. The guy can't fail himself. He can't help himself. Bottom line, Liverpool win, Leicester win, and we are defensively, defensively tragic. We are absolutely awful. There's no way about it. I think I said it three weeks ago. The bottom line is for me, Eddie Howe, Jason Tindall, Mary Teresa, whoever, it doesn't matter what we do between now and January. What we have to do is get through until December the 31st and start buying players. I don't care what people say. I don't care who it is. I don't care whether it's logically. I don't care whether it's the right buy, the wrong buy. We just have to get bodies in the body in January. Otherwise, we are absolutely done.
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, obviously, I was at both games, uh, so I can give a perspective. And uh, yeah, I went down. We, we were open that obviously Leicester was going to be a, you know, I would say formality is probably too strong a word, but we're certainly expecting a point at least out of that game. I think the only person I bumped into on that day was Ben Jacobs, who predicted 5 0 to Leicester. So, um, and being a Leicester fan, you wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, I also got to shake the hand of the guy who put the bet on uh, for Leicester to win the league that year. Um, so, I, 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 did make, I did make sure I shook it a few times um, and said, pass some luck on to me, Bonnie lad. But uh, needless to say, we didn't get any. Um, but yeah, Leicester, huge disappointment. Um, lots of mumbling and groaning amongst the away away fans, um, amongst a lot of singing, it has to be said. The Liverpool game, completely different. I mean, I love Anfield. It's 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 my favourite ground, away ground uh, to travel to. Um, I love the whole build-up. I love the atmosphere. I love walking round the ground. It's got a lot of history. Um, and and for me, it's, you know, I, d- I don't know. I think it's just because I'm a, I know I'm a child of the 70s, but I'm a football fan of the 80s. And Liverpool dominated football back in those days. And it was in those days where you didn't hate on the other teams. I mean, mm-hmm. the point us hate them anyway. We were in the second division in, the, in those days. But I, I used to love watching Liverpool and, um, and, and watch and just going around that ground and being part of the atmosphere. And then seeing a performance from Newcastle on Thursday, which was a complete polar opposite of what I'd watched against Leicester. Newcastle grafted, ran, chased, harangued, scored a goal. Um, and, and ultimately, um, if it hadn't been for bad refereeing, as Mick's already pointed out, and, you know, our own stupid mistakes, you know, uh, Shelby's back pass for, you know, for starters, um, which, you know, cancelled out the great work done with his goal, I still feel Newcastle could have got something. And up until, you know, that brilliant goal, which Mike Dean, of course, got in the way of, um, you know, I genuinely felt we could have got something out of that game. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a contrasting week. We wonder what, uh, and, and we'll discuss it towards the end of the show, what the weekend brings. Um, I fear another defeat. But, you know, the performance levels, with the exception of Leicester, have improved. There's more work rate. And if we can add players to that in January, I still think we'll be OK. Stu... We'll come to you. What are, what's your thoughts, mate? I mean, you know, you've you've watched the games, um, uh, you know, this week. Uh, am I right? You know, in the in the sense that, you know, that there is there is improvement now, and you know, am I am I clinging on to some kind of false hope here that Newcastle could stay up? Oh, absolutely, I think there's been a great improvement in output from the players in the performances. I think for the first hour against Leicester. The, as Mick uh, mentioned just before there, that we even at 2-0 down, we got one goal, we could easily have got two. But then it, we seemed to just revert to type, but there was a capitulation in the in the last half hour. And it was like, OK, we've, we've beaten those, uh, I, I don't know, when means the players' minds, OK, we're not going to win this, we'll try and save energy or whatever. But for the Liverpool game, again, they started well, like, as they did at Leicester. And... I'm I'm happy with the two performances. The the Leicester game, you know when things aren't going against you with the referees, when even our friend Richard Keyes, he actually commented that it was never a penalty and the referee should have went to VAR. He even said for the second Leicester goal that the VAR should have checked it for offside. Now, there has to be not just an element of doubt, there's going to be a huge amount of doubt for Richard Keyes to take Newcastle's side <laughs> in anything. You know, so that, that tells us, but do we just keep bemoaning bad luck all the time? You know, I, I'm a great believer in you have to make your own luck, good or bad. And it's down to work ethic and you, you can't polish a turd sort of thing, you know, and this is what Eddie Howes and his team's trying to do. They're making a good job of a bad lot. But again, if we're getting a mindset in psychology, some of these players that are playing for us now know they're not going to be starting next month, never mind next season. You know, and it, it, it makes it more more difficult to keep them keep pushing them. And I agree with Steve Hasty last night, who it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Steve. I agree with uh, what he said last night about Joe Linton. I think there's a huge surge of admiration all of a sudden for Joe Linton because he's, the bar was set so low. Oh, yes, he has improved and he deserves credit for that. He's He has shown his physicality so much better. But if, if we are going to be serious about being contenders in the future, the players like Joe Linton um, won't be starting next season for me as long as we're still in the Premier League. You know, there's better players out there. 
Agreed. And the one player that Mick mentioned, uh, Tillemans, I'm a great admirer of him. I would love to have him in a 4-2-3-1 formation. Him and Calvin Phillips from Leeds in our two. The two uh, holding uh, midfielders. And then you can start building from there because we keep talking about the defence. The defence need protection as well. And the, the too often, not just this week, but for the last two seasons, other midfielders have just been carte blanche to run through them. Um, the Liverpool game, again, we know about the referees' decisions. and But it's where do you draw the line? Because people can then just fall down holding the head if there wasn't. It's But also when you have a referee who says, I did say it, and then says he didn't say it, you know, there needs to be... And I know people have mentioned about rugby, how the refs are made up. I think that could be a great idea. Let me explain the decision. Uh, and from there, at least we've got some clarification. We're always going to bemoan bad luck, but so will every other set of supporters when decisions go their way. But like I say, we'll, make, we'll get through it. And we've got the toughest game, well, one of the toughest games of the season coming up tomorrow. Let's get these out of the way and then concentrate on games that we can win. And if we get anything from them, fantastic. So... My opinion is two good performances all about 30 minutes against Leicester and onwards and upwards. Okay, great stuff. Mitch, um, obviously we had you on last night on the uh, on the show from um, you know, yeah. the three amigos, but we didn't really focus too much on the games. What 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 was your take on those two games this week? Well, I think very much like what, what Mick and Stu said with the Leicester game, how came out after the game and said it didn't feel like a 4-0 defeat. And I think what he's meaning in that is exactly what Megan Stewart said. For an hour, we were in it. Even at 2-0, we were still in it. When they had that crazy back pass, if that had gone in, game changer. I think that would have lifted everybody's heads and got work, got woke for it. And and so um, I think that's what Hedy Howe's getting at. And and the penalty decision was just outrageous. What's the AL for? If it's not to stop things like that. I mean, this you can see he throws himself at LaSalle's leg. And and so if that's what we're going to be seeing as a penalty yeah. now, we should be seeing two in every game. Um, and then we are, we gosh. are. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm like at, at the exasperation point still. I'm still getting angrier and angrier about Mike Dean. I had a rant last night about it on Amigos. Um, and and usually by now I've calmed down and I I can't. And what I can't calm down about is the fact he's continuing to lie about. I did. It was. I oh. didn't see it. No, I did see him. He was holding his back. You show me a single picture of Hayden holding his back, because <laughs> there's not one. And then he had Dermot Gallagher back and up saying, "Oh well, he didn't see it." Well, what's the truth? And and that is is them closing ranks while everybody that are under considerable amount of pressure for the way they behave and the way they have behaved over time. Um, I see David Ellery's under investigation even now at the moment, which is very interesting. Um, I know that's why Mark Halsey makes his mouth go a lot about PJ Mall and some of the things they do. Um, but I mean, it's, it, the closing ranks on it all, I've had a little dig around because I'm sure, and I, I haven't had time really to do much, um, I'm sure it's not the first time Meg Dean's done something similar where he's ran across a shot and put people off and the goal's gone in. Um, and I think it was either earlier this season or the tail end of last season. Uh, and, and so it's not the first time he's got form for doing stupid things like that. And that's telling he got me three points for an assist in the Fantasy Premier League, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's things like that. It's it's just crazy. Um, and I saw a couple of the lads that I know here who are Leeds fans going on about him when he was doing VAR for them. He, he, he didn't give a penalty for them one week and then did give the penalty the next week. And when you look at the two challenges, they're identical. They're absolutely identical. And if you look at the penalty we didn't get for the tackle on uh, Fraser, I don't care whether it was a good tackle or not. I actually think it was a good tackle because I'm old school. But you can't go through the man anymore. And he does. He goes through the man. It's from behind. By the laws of the game, as the stand right now, that's that's a foul. If you compare that tackle to the tackle that Shaw got booked for, it's almost identical. Almost identical. So why is one being given, why is not? And that's where making people up would come in because you get an insight into what's going on in, in in a referee's head. I mean, obviously what's going on in Meg Dean's head is me, me, and it's all about me. 
And it's all about Meg Dean every time he crosses that white line. And the time it's time the man was removed from the game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would agree, mate. And uh, that yeah, was exactly what it is. That was the song, of course, that the fans were belting out at Anfield on Thursday. Alwaleed, uh, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, how are you? Hey, good morning, Gold. I'm great. Good to see you. Um, your take, please, on the uh, on the, the last two fixtures that Newcastle have partaken in. Sure thing, but I would like to talk about referees, really. Uh, you know, for us, we always admire that uh, Premier League have lesser, much less mistakes uh in, in the games, but this is what not what I see now, uh, especially with Newcastle. Since uh, and maybe bef- before even the takeover and decrease after the takeover, it's not makes any. It's not a coincidence that all our uh, all mistakes or any even with any the mistake with the benefit uh, of the doubt, even not for a Newcastle direction. Uh, many examples, but uh, any especially the uh, any. Uh, the tackle on uh, Fraser, it's so clear it's a penalty. Regardless, he, uh, Arnold, touched the ball or not, he already come from behind, as, as uh, Mitch described. Uh, you know, this is, uh, for me, uh, you know, make me consider. Uh, I remember our, uh, our penalty uh, against Norwich, they spent waste f- five minutes to, to uh, try to cancel this clear penalty, clear, clear handball. They just want to waste uh, to, to to try to find any uh, flaws to uh, to call it off, and uh, for uh, like Fraser and Arnaldi, not even go and check the VAR just by the communication. So these things make you wonder, really, and and I'm actually angry more about reaction. Maybe there is uh, explanation, but for me, I'm angry more about Eddie Howe or the captain of Newcastle. They really need to show the, some teeth and object because the uh, the Premier League needs this, unfortunately. And we see a uh, big manager like uh, Bib Guardiola, Klopp, Arteta, they are doing this uh, show or uh, showing their teeth when they some uh, some tackles in the game. This is you know, because Premier League worry about reputation. And if uh, these stupid mistakes come in front of you and you see yourself rubbed in the field and you are not doing enough reaction on it, they will keep continue doing this to your team. You really, the captain and Didi how regardless uh, how they are afraid from their picture, they really need to show some uh, some uh, proper uh, objection. Uh, this is regarding referees. Uh, for the team, uh, actually, Didi how he start to become, uh, I think, he need, he getting better. Great Improvement. I think he's getting better in the team selection, uh, but unfortunately, he doesn't have the right weapon or right players enough, yani, to his tactics. In Leicester game, uh, he he have uh, he chose he chose some uh, great, uh, yani, uh, I think Brandon Rogers watch Burnley game and expect Idiha will play the same, so he play. Uh, uh, on the mistakes or the weakness point of Newcastle, he expect Idiha will play the same. So uh, that's why we didn't feel it's a four 0 because the goal was mostly about mistakes. Not to mention the dive, <laughs> of course, from uh, Madison. But this is uh, 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 they play against the, mis- uh, the four goals mostly about mistakes uh, by the defense because Brandon Rogers expect Newcastle will play the same in Burnley. Which Idihau against Liverpool uh, change that and really try to be more uh, realistic, and I think I re- I really play I really like the selection of uh, of a player and the tactics against Liverpool, and because of this uh, idiot Mike Dean, uh, I think we we could easily go with a draw. Okay, I, I mean, look, it's it's been a hell of a week, and and from our perspective as Newcastle fans, we expected it. We didn't expect anything out of it. But uh, get your points in in the chat. We'll try to come to them in the second half of the show. As always, uh, we do have uh, a big question for the chaps, and uh, this is it.
Okay, lads. Uh, nothing too uh, strenuous, so don't <laughs> panic uh, this this week. Uh, Nick Hammond has been installed at Newcastle United on a short-term basis as a transfer consultant. Is he the man to do our business in January, Mick? Well, the bottom line, Steve, is, is we don't really know because we don't know really um, Nicky Hammond's you know, capabilities. Um, I mean, ironically, bearing in mind the aforementioned Alan Pardew, he, he was a... He was a goalkeeping coach at um, uh, with with Alan Pardew once upon a time, um, but you know he was he was technically director at Reading for a long time. You know he was at Celtic, which which are a big football club in in the football um, operation there. You know some people might think, well, he's a goalkeeper, he's a goalkeeper, but you know he's he's clearly got a reputation. Um, I think the thing that surprises me, um, Steve, this this might be a little bit unfair. I don't know because. You know, we're only talking about what two months, three months, wherever we are now in terms of the the new regime at Newcastle. Um, but I'm just a little bit disappointed. I am I'm I'm beginning to still feel as if, as as I said, I think early on with you and I uh, a while back, I still feel like I'm not hearing enough. I'm not seeing enough. I'm not getting a lot of positivity. I'm getting I'm getting a, a, a lot of social stuff. I'm getting, you know, Amanda Staveley and the family, et cetera, talking about how good the fans are and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not getting the positivity. I'm not getting the concrete. I'm not getting where's my football, where's my director of football, where's the people who are really beginning to start nail on what's going to happen on January. You know, I mean, clearly there is going to still be a football director by the sounds of it. It sounds like Nick Hammond is 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 some sort of insurer at the minute, or or he or he may be working with the football director um, when January comes around. So you're not really entirely sure what, what he's what he's what he's uh, what he's his title is in many many ways. So who are we going to appoint? Who are we going to? What sort of players are we going to name? How many sort of how many numbers are involved? What sort of figures are involved? Are they going to splash the cash? Are they going to be a little bit shallow in terms of how many they play? The other thing as well that I'm a little bit, a little bit um, sceptical of at the minute, I keep hearing, especially by journalists, but I keep hearing from a lot of people about how fantastic the mood is about the place. And obviously, you know, the, the, the regime are saying you're the greatest people. Eddie Howe keeps telling me you're fantastic. At Anfield, you are brilliant. And the, and the mood at the mood at St. James's has been phenomenal. The mood and the players at Anfield were fantastic. They were fantastic at Leicester. Yes, they're getting beaten time and time again. It's one win in 17. But all of a sudden, they've really ramped up the, the fans in terms of the way that they're, they're really putting it about. But Steve, the bottom line is, it's not necessarily because of Eddie Howe. It's not because we're playing better. It's not because we're winning footballs. Do you know why this is all happening, Steve? You know it, I know it. We've been following this football club for a long time. The reason the mood has changed is because a fella has buggered off after 14 years. So suddenly, there is no Mike Ashley. Suddenly, there are no sports direct on that stadium. So the, the, the feel is better. The mood is better. It's down to Ashley. It's not down to Eddie Howe. People are trying to say that, oh, everybody's delighted with the signing of Eddie Howe. Look, he's, he's, he's done great. The fans are roaring. The players are better. The players are, ble are better for Eddie Howe. The crowd are roaring. It's a chicken and egg. The crowd are playing the part that they're playing because they are so much happier than they were before Ashley. They are now in a different mood. They have a diff. They go to St James's, as we all used to go to St James's. There is no Mike Ashley. It's a happier place. So as a result, that helps the fans. That helps the players. That helps uh, Eddie Howe. But I'm telling you, t telling you, Steve. In a week's time, in a month's time, once that dissipates, once we've now won one only of 20, that will change. That will change. What it needs positively 
Yes, Mike Ashley going has been a huge phenomena and has been a big, big benefit. And the crowds and, and the noise is gone ramped right up because there's no Ashley. But sooner or later, what we need as a set of fans, what we need to ramp it up is to have better players. And that's where this regime needs then. It needs to come out and say, remember the talks of Oof, Shearer could come in, Keegan could come in. You know, this director's going to come in. We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to do that. We've still heard nothing. And if January comes around with a middle-of-the-road director of football, with Nick Hammond, couple of signings, and we're still not winning games, I'm telling you, St. James's Park won't be roaring anymore. And suddenly, Eddie Howe and the regime will start be thinking to themselves, we've got to sort this. We've got to sort this at some point. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've already seen a bit of negativity. Uh, it does, doesn't take long to creep in and people haven't pops on social media. And it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, and it shouldn't, and it shouldn't, Steve, because, you know, it's in the same way that for for, for, for Sunes, for Dalglish, for Benitez, for Steve Bruce, whoever it is, it's about a, a, a business of winning games of football. And Eddie Howe is not winning games of football. And he's not going to win a game of football on Sunday, I'm afraid. So, you know, whether you like it or not, he's going to come under pressure. And this regime needs to start pulling its its fingers out. It does. And, you know, Nick Hammond. What's Nick Hammond? You know, with a, with a, with, you know, I'm not I saying... I thought it was one I'm, of them I'm, people I'm, who does the driving programmes. Well, that's I, Richard I, Hammond, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying we should splash the cash. I'm not saying we should we should really sort of... For, for 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 the sake of throwing money around, but we I just think I, I I wanted to see more a month ago. I wanted to see more two weeks ago. I want to see more now. I'm not seeing enough, and I still think I go back to what I said maybe six weeks ago. My big worry is that this rate this 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 rage this not regime. What's the word? The 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 management, the new management at, at Newcastle. It, it's it's a bit dysfunctional. You know, you've got Amanda Staveley, you've got the Rubens, but then you've got 80% of PIF. And I'm just not sure it's working at the moment. I can see what Ander, Amanda Staveley's doing. I'm, I'm, she's, a, she's the PR side of things. But I'm not hearing enough of what PIF are doing. I'm not hearing enough of what the serious money are doing in terms of football directors, January. Are we getting out of it? Are we, you know, what is the plan? What is the model in terms of Newcastle United for the remainder of this season? Yeah, OK, I'll believe you've heard what Mick's had to say. Nick Hammond, um, did, did it mean anything to you when you heard that name? And are, are you a little bit concerned about going into the January transfer window with, you know, somebody like Nick Hammond and, and you know, the new owners not really having the football experience? Uh, obviously, uh, the new owners didn't uh, have the right uh, uh, the right man for the job uh, till now, and I think they are very very uh, careful to make wrong decision. So that's why to uh, br- they they bring uh, uh, temporarily name or tem- you know, for temporarily uh, period of time. Um, uh, maybe uh, I think yani, uh, our situation now at bottom of the league uh, make pressure. Uh, additional pressure on the team. Uh, it's it's different. It's hard to make decision in hard times, other than if you are safe and you can uh, think uh, any safely. So for me, it's uh, I trust the management, uh, or the owners' decision. So far, uh, we get a proper lawyer, Nick DiMarco, uh, before, and uh, also Eddie Howe. Uh, there is a process. We see that the process of choosing. Names, but for me, you know, of course, lads, you know better than me. I don't know. Actually, I I just heard of him. I don't know about him, uh, Nick Hammond. But uh, uh, at long, uh, at least he's temporarily. So still, there is time to choose the right one. And regarding, uh, uh, yani, if this is maybe personal comment, comment by me, uh, Alan Scherer and Kevin Keegan. I don't know why they are not. Yani, I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, any, for me, I really would like to see them more involved, but 
I don't know what they should maybe. This is the good thing if you have, you can do a lot of uh, choice, a lot of uh, decision. But I really would like to see them uh, involved. For of course, يعني they are, يعني uh, they uh, they know uh, much more better uh, about the club. Okay, uh, Stu, uh, bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I tried to conceal that. <laughs> you see, you're getting a cold already. You've only been here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, give, just give us your opinion on the uh, rather underwhelming appointment of Nick Hammond, I would say. Strangely, that was the word I was going to use, underwhelming. I've been a huge advocate of the syndicate that's taken over the club. Uh, and I believe in time, they'll get things not just right, but superbly right. But they're learning on the job. And this is the, the only concern I've got is, are they going to learn quick enough? Mm-hmm. And they need to get people in. Yeah, who can do the job, and we can talk about money, but they have a sheer huge amount of wealth, and that should be able to attract people. And there's nothing against uh, Mr. Hammond; I'm sure he's more than competent at his job. But when you when you have a takeover of this magnitude, you expect to see the big names arriving. Um, and you can't say they could have had them already lined up because. The, the way the takeover actually did happen, it was a surprise to a lot of people. The swiftness that happened is, but, is that is that is that the key, Stu? Do you think? Because again, this is something that I've not heard from you or, or even from Alweed in in, in the in the in the Middle East as well. Did, did did do we think? Do we think they were just caught a bit on the on the shot on the hop? Yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe the confidence was there that the takeover would happen, but the the timing of it. Uh, but to me, that's, that's again, is, is a lack of awareness because with the, the cat case that was happening, it, I mean, I, I was, I'd been saying it many times on, on uh, Twitter and on, on shows like this, that the Premier League would fall. Now, whether they believed it would or not, they could have anticipated it. It's like a goal scorer, a striker not going for the ball in case the cross doesn't come. You know, you've got to be, you know, you've got to have, not all your ducks in a row, but you've got to have something, some sort of plan A, plan B, plan C. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that should be interchangeable as football is. We know things never stay the same, you know, and, and, and things do move on. And, and the, the way that when that court case was was about to, to go ahead for the for the cat, and the way they washed the Premier League's uh, lawyers, it was quite clear that there was, to me, that in behind the scenes, they were going to, cut some sort of deals. The Premier League's an international brand and it can't afford to have the publicity a uh, successful cat case for Newcastle would have caused. So that, to me, they, they dropped the ball there. And then, now we're playing catch-up. But unfortunately, when we're trying to play catch-up, the team's not in a stable enough position or in an attractive position to attract the right people, you know. Uh, and there's... You have the, the, the top echelons. We're not able to get there yet, mm. but we need to start building in steps. And the word that Steve mentioned there, underwhelming, it is an underwhelming appointment, albeit you never know. I mean, they, we have to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. We're conscious he's not good to start with without giving the guy a but, chance. But the other worry as well is that there's there's no business quite like a football. You know, you th- go exactly. back... Exactly. Go back to Alan Sugar, you know, 30 years ago. He said, I remember him famously saying, the one thing about one business I can guarantee you, you will lose money on, that's football. That's football. Yeah. All Every businessman of every... T- All right, they're not as wealthy as the, as, the, as the businesses that Newcastle United have, but every business of every football club in every world, more often than not, We'll lose business and we'll get it wrong as well. Yeah, the old saying was, if if you want to lose money quickly, buy a racehorse. But it's it's, it's now buy a football football. club, isn't it? But if you do it correctly, Manchester City have shown how you can do it correctly. Very true, very true. So there is is money to be made in it. There's there's too much money in the game not to make money. Unfortunately, there's only those at the top echelons that are getting the money. But we have the wealth to break in there. And what they need is, as you've said, we've got Amanda and Mia Dad doing an admirable job on PR, but they need to get the quality people in who are familiar with the game and familiar with the rules. And, and let's get moving as quickly as possible. Now, it may be they want to make the right decision, as Alwaleed said, and they haven't come across that person yet. And that, that's admirable. But we can't 
keep waiting, you know. So if they've got this guy temporary, it might be because someone's contract's due to finish. There was Overmars at Holland, if you remember. I asked, yeah. that was discussed that he couldn't leave until February. Now, this guy's contract ties in with that if it's a temporary two month contract. Yeah. So there's lots of speculation, but what the, what they have done, we can't really come moan too much about the lack of communication because we've had more in the last couple of months than we've had the last couple of decades. But at least tell us, look, we 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 have a big name lined up, or Absolutely. you know, so we're yeah, not definitely. peeing in the dark, so to speak. You know, we we have a we have a understanding that they they have an understanding, and it's they're not knowing that's that's always the where the speculation starts and the rumor mill starts, and and you know, and then all of a sudden we. You know, the the turmoil that surrounds us seems to surround this club, follow it everywhere it goes. It continues and it shouldn't be like this. We have people in charge who are capable of nipping it in the bud early, putting out a statement and saying, right, we will have a correct director of football. It doesn't have to name him Spot on. By, this, Spot on. by this date. And this guy is in temporarily to help us through this transfer window. That's what we want. That's, That's what it. we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Mitch, um, oh, I'll just answer Yano's question, actually. Uh, it was quiet, mate. It was very quiet. Yeah, Mitch, just Nick Hammond. Um, you know, it, it's it's not really inspiring anybody on the panel. Um, it's certainly not gone down well in amongst the fan base. I even popped onto the Evening Chronicles website and read the story, which is rather unlike me, but then read the comments underneath, of which there was about 28 and they were all very negative and all completely underwhelmed. So I presume you'll be in the same boat as us. Absolutely. And if you talk to West Brom fans, they'll tell you how underwhelmed they were with them. Um, and and that doesn't inspire me. Um, I, I can't see Celtic fans having a good thing to say about them either. So it, it's it's an odd appointment. It's, the thing I have to assume is it's a stopgap appointment. Um there's other rumours doing the rounds about uh, why Frank McPartland is or isn't part of the the, the setup, um, and I gather they're not particularly true, and I don't know where they're coming from. And and so it it doesn't look good. It's not a good look. It, mm. It's not a good look in terms of um, going into probably the most important transfer window in the club's history. Mm. And and so. It's it's really really quite difficult to be excited by it um, because nearly everybody's underwhelmed. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what made me th- think a bit last week? For, I don't know if anybody uh, heard this, but for uh, about twenty minutes between uh, eight o'clock and eight twenty last <clears> night <throat> on um, on Five Live, uh, Stephen Gerrard did twenty minutes on Five Live, and honestly, I was blowing my mind off. I was an, I was, a, you know, I'm thinking if I'm a Villa fan and I'm listening to him and I've seen what he's done very quickly and he's talking about his backroom staff and he's talking about young players and he's talking about players he might be able to bring in at Villa Park and Villa Park are suddenly ninth in the table, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay, there was one sort of, sort of slight little comment he made about. It was important for him to get closer to his family because his family are still on Merseyside. So maybe Aston Villa was a better a better fit for him to to a four year old daughter or sorry a four year old son in Merseyside. But it was clearly part of the part of his wanting to get back to the Premier League and wanting to get close to his family. But I'm again, like I say, for the twenty minutes, I was thinking, please, please let us have Steven Gerrard two or three months ago, you know? Now, maybe it wasn't possible, but I'm looking at the guy at Norwich as well, and I'm thinking he's not doing badly either. You know, Dean Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Gerrard in particular really boiled me. I just, I thought, we, we can be Aston Villa. We can be Aston Villa. We've got more money than Aston Villa. You know, Steven Gerrard, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a relationship between Merseyside and and Tyneside for a long, long time. Was it a possibility? Maybe it was never a possibility. But whether it was a possibility or not, I just, I just couldn't help feeling we've missed a boat here. And 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 I would look, I would have loved to be sitting at St James's with Stephen Gerrard. You know, you know, God, God rest him. You know, sorry, you know, Stephen Eddie Eddie Howe is is doing as good a job as he can. But I'm just thinking to myself, Stephen Gerrard, please, Stephen Gerrard. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I've been impressed with how so far, but um, you know, the proof of the pudding be long term. We'll have to yeah. see how it goes and see see how this season pans out. And um, you know, the transfer window, of course, will be also rather interesting because you know, depending on where we are, we've discussed this already on previous shows. But where we are come January after these Christmas fixtures, uh, you know, we could do with a COVID break, um, and hopefully, this meeting on Monday uh, might deliver Newcastle fans a rather unexpected present in the sense that their fixtures are going to get put off for a couple of weeks and uh, we might be able to get players in. And when those fixtures are rearranged, we might see a rather different outlook <laughs> and outcome to those games. But we will wait and see. Big thank you to our sponsor, Spider VPN. Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of the search list. Uh, they protect everything on your computer from photos to uh, personal details. Uh, it's a good time to get them. Spider VPN. Google them now. Also, thanks to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors 01913897245 and to the Garden of Healing Dispensary CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists, www.gohd.com is where you can find them. Thanks also to Walcott Interiors uh, for all your fitted kitchens. Uh, they are based on Heaton Road and you can Google Arcot Interiors on the interweb and uh, they will come up quite top of the search list as well. qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and also the guys who run our website. And big thanks to Jab Signature, jabsignature.co.uk uh, for making our flyers. If you are a first-time visitor to the channel, you can subscribe by hitting the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and click the thumb up to like the video. Click share to share to your other social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. Uh, we're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and the rest. Uh, you can uh, listen to us usually 24 hours after the show has finished. And, uh, if you do have a, a smartphone, you can uh, find our website by putting your camera over the top of that little beauty, and that takes you straight to the membership pack. Uh, you can become a member of NUFC Matters, and that gives you the opportunity to enter into a monthly draw, so uh, get yourself onto there. It's, uh, as always, a chance to plug the food bank as well. NUFC fans, foodbank.co.uk is the website where you can make a virtual donation to the food bank uh, 365 days of the year. Uh, so if you can't get this in James's uh, tomorrow to put something into the food bank's collection buckets, then you can make a virtual donation there. And uh, don't forget as well, uh, Christmas is coming. Chance to buy some tickets for events. Peter Beardsley at the Tyne Theatre on Westcote Road, 30th of January, and tickets available on Woucher and on Groupon. Also an opportunity to come and see uh, Mick Mahoney uh, or Steve Watson, 28th of January, and 14th of January, respectively, at the Irish Centre. Tickets are £12 for both events and uh, doors at 7 o'clock at the Irish Centre uh, on both those occasions. NewcastleLegends.com. Click shop to buy tickets for either of those events. And uh, big shout out, as I say, to Skips and Bins. Uh, they do like to send some uh, relative photographs in there. So Bobby uh, getting his kids ready for uh, Christmas in front of the Roaring Fire. Uh, thanks for that, Scott. Always good to, uh, to to promote the brand and help you out as well. Don't forget as well, I'll be in the Dog and Parrot Supermark pre-match tomorrow at midday and after the match at half past four. Stu Penman's going to pop along as well. So if you want your photo with Stu, get yourself along. <laughs> and, uh, get yourself yeah, along after the match. He's probably going to be in a right state, but uh, I'll apologise now for him anyway. <laughs> and, uh, don't forget as well. Pop up to see Mick at the back page. Uh, please support your local business. He's got two cracking businesses, one in St Andrews Street in Newcastle, one in uh, the Metro Centre, uh, and he does stock some rather good books, including Lee Clark's biography, uh, Black and White in No Grey Areas, and Pavel is a Geordie. He also has a, a few copies of this book as well, Every Boy's Dream, which is about my time supporting Newcastle United. So uh, get yourself into the back page shop. And uh, give Mick some support. He's got some great T-shirts and some great other things in there as well. Well worth having a look at. Okay, let's look ahead to Manchester City. Uh, we play them tomorrow, of course. The kickoff time, uh, I'm sure most of you will be aware by now, has been changed uh, at the behest of Sky from 2.15 to 2 o'clock. That is because the game that was on previous to that 
has been postponed due to COVID. Uh, so Newcastle on at the slightly earlier time now of two o'clock. And uh, don't forget as well, uh, with COVID, there has been changes um, and pass COVID passports are expected to be shown um, at all Premiership grounds uh, at this moment. The way it was run at Anfield on Thursday was superb. And to be honest, I've never been questioned about my uh, COVID passport yet at St James's. I would expect it will be a little stricter tomorrow with the uh, the rise in the new variant. Uh, but yes, two o'clock kickoff, St James's Park, live on Sky Sports. Injury news, no surprise, Paul Dummett isn't available. Uh, we've now been told that Federico Fernandez will remain out and probably miss the rest of the Christmas fixtures. So uh, people clamouring for Fernandez to be in the team, uh, sadly disappointed now. Still no news on Lewis, um, although it didn't look good on Thursday. It looked looked pretty severe, um, but hopefully there will be better news on that. We'll, we await and find out. Alan St. Maximin, of course, um, I think we discussed this quite a lot last night, um, seemed to chuck the towel in um, at, at Anfield. I would expect him to be OK, but again, news is awaited uh, on whether he is going to be fit to play. As for the visitors, well, it doesn't really matter if anyone's injured, but they've got another first team sitting ready to come in. But um, they've, uh, you know, they, they've essentially um, on, a, on a rich vein of form which is what I mentioned again last night. And and the, the league leaders arrive on the back of seven successive Premier League victories. Uh, the most recent, of course, was uh, the, the hammering of Leeds 7-0. Um, the eight away games in the Premier League, League this season have brought them six victories. Uh, the only blemishes that they've had on that record are a 1-0 loss at Spurs and a 2-2 draw at Liverpool. Uh, refereeing the game is Martin Atkinson, which of course is his second appearance at St James's Park this season after the 4-2 defeat against West Ham at the start of the season. And on VAR, which is pointless mentioning because it's always switched off on Newcastle play, is Craig Pawson. So uh, there we go. Big game coming up. Um, we've already discussed it with you, Mick, really. But I mean, yeah. you're expecting getting nothing will be a good result for us, I guess. No, I mean, I mean, I think I've probably said enough. So the, the lads should probably say a, a little bit more. You, you just cannot, you cannot see anything other than 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 a Manchester City, um, the Manchester City win. The only thing I would say as a, as a point of interest is, and I think I can't remember if it was if it was if it was Stu talked about it earlier. Somebody mentioned about the players that we've got. The one thing that again slightly surprises me at this minute in time, and I, and I don't know what he's going to do in terms of his team um, tomorrow afternoon. All I ever hear is, "Oh, he's great, he's great, he's great, he's great, he's great." All I ever hear is Eddie Howe, and I suppose you have to when when you're the when you're the new manager, you basically talk everybody up. But he he, he said everything about from everybody from 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 Matty Longstaff to. Debravka to X to Y to Z. He's talking everybody up. He's talking everybody up. Fernandez does great and then disappears. You know, Longstaff's great and then doesn't even make the 18. Um, you know, St. Maximum's been fantastic, but has patently not been fantastic. But I know you've got to talk it up. But the thing that other slightly surprises me is we've talked about January. We've talked about whether... X, Y, and Z are coming in. Are we going to sign three and four? Are we going to sign five and six? Are we going to sign top hitters? Are we going to sign defenders? Are we going to sign... Whoever it is, somewhere down the line, four or five players at maximum, at least, are going to leave that squad in January because you can only have 25. So at some point, we're going to have to have a real good turnaround and a real change. So I don't quite understand he's not beginning to work this out before now. He's not dispatching players or he's not thinking, right, OK, I need to, you know, I know he's got to be careful. I know he's got to be political. I know he's got to keep a, a, a squad that he's only just um, worked a result with and worked a, a relationship with. But sooner or later, there's going to have to be four or five, five or six, I would thought anyway, leaving that football club, leaving that squad of 25 and new players are coming out in January. And sooner or later, I just think we've got to start doing that. And we've got to still, you know, we've still got to get a grip of it, start working out. Oh, that's right. The the, the, the mention was made about, um, it was Stu talking about Joel Linton. I agree. Joel Linton has, has done fantastically well, 
by Joe Linton's standards. But would I keep him? No. Would I keep him next season? No. Would I get rid of him in January? I probably would. I don't care what people say. If we got a top hitter in, a real good one in, in January, um, and we needed to get rid of Joel Linton's, um, the, the amount of money that he's, 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 he's paying at this minute in time. So that's all I'm saying. Let's, let's sooner or later, between now and December, let's be a bit realistic about who we're going, who we're keeping, who we're stopping, et cetera, et cetera. OK, yeah, good stuff. Um, what about you then, Albany? Manchester City, it's, uh, it's the, uh, the, the desert derby, isn't it, really? Yes, actually, <laughs> yeah. And uh, now we are, uh, yeah, we are against the other eighteen teams in the new rules and the stuff. Uh, it's really gonna be interested. And uh, uh, I actually, I like you know, Manchester City the way uh, they promote themselves. You know, I'm an admirer of them a long time ago. Uh, and it was a great game. Uh, if you remember all uh, last season, the four-three, it was a great game. And uh, I hope uh, I hope Bullock uh, to back يعني, this game to his. يعني, uh, let's try to make. يعني, uh, Eddie Howe now his selection coming better. He know much more about choosing players in the right place. And uh, I wish uh, if I see tomorrow يعني, line up uh, like Wilson in the front and behind him. I would like to see Fraser doing great. He's getting better and better. Uh, Willick and uh, Maybe El Mayron and uh, Shelby and Hayden in the in the in the defense midfielder. I really would like to see Willick uh, uh, free from uh, much defensive uh, assignments. Um, and I think this is what's gonna be happen uh, tomorrow. And uh, I can't, يعني, deeply in my deeply in my heart, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, we're getting something from three 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 games. I don't think it's gonna be zero point. I'm sure we're getting some. Okay, optimistic. Uh, Stu, are you as optimistic? Oh. Mute. We're, we're, we're always accused of wanting too much, but with it being this time of year, I thought I'd ask Santa for a couple of things for tomorrow's game. <laughs> um, the first one is a goal. I want to see us score a goal at St. James's when I'm there. Uh, and to couple with that, I would like a goal of importance for us, not a consolation when we're three, four, five nil down. A goal like at Anfield, where we get one first, and it's you know it can have a bearing on the game. The crowd can get behind the team, and I, I, I really would like to say that I want it, that we'll win three one. I've had a bet on it; it's a hundred to one. I've had a bet on Lascelles to score first goal at a hundred to one, but. I was given some money, so I thought I'd give it away back to the bookies. There were free bets. So <laughs> 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 I'll give it back to them. It's Christmas, isn't it? So you have to give their gifts back. So realistically, we, we should get beat. But I, had, I said this last year when we played Manchester City, and I think Mitchell remember I was in Dubai with him, and there, were, there was one or two on Twitter that took exception of it when I said if we get beat 2-0 when we were away at Manchester City, I would, I would accept that at that time. This is when they were in the middle of the 28-game unbeaten sequence. And then I was accused of not being a proper fan, etc., etc. But realistically, we have to accept that we probably will get beat tomorrow, but there is glimmers of hope. And I know Mitch joked about it last night by saying, you know, if they get a man sent off, we score early. You know, if it's a very big word, isn't it? Small letters, but very big word. Uh, I don't think St. Maximin will play. Um, I, th- I believe he wants to spend Christmas with his children by the looks of it. You could tell from very early at Anfield that he was going to be injured. There was a lot of hobbling about and and I was really disappointed with his application and his attitude during that game. And eventually he got what he wanted and went off. And I'm from the age, if you were injured, you pretended you weren't. You didn't want to show the opposition a weakness and you carried on and carried on. And it was there was too much drama with it. And do you know what? I think he wouldn't have played tomorrow anyway. Um, mm. I think uh, Eddie Howe's looking to rotate as well as he can within a squad when they're all much of a muchness. But against Manchester City, you know you're going to get stretched. You know you're going to you need uh, to pack your defence out. 
And I think it'll be a straight swap putting Miggy in, and I, and I think that would be better. Almiron can get up and down the line. And when we first signed Almiron, he played in that position. And there was him, Rondon and Perez, if people can remember. And Miggy was on the left side of that uh, of that trio. And it looks like Matt Ritchie's going to be sent, uh, sorry, playing at left back. Miggy can get back up and down to support him. And the rest of the team, I think, could stay pretty much unchanged, move Fraser to the right. And at least then there's some genuine pace to support Wilson. And there's a decent cross of the ball with Fraser to get the ball into him. Willick's a big question mark at the moment. He he looks lost. You know, he was playing with so much freedom at the end of last year and so much joy. And whether, I, I mean, I don't know what what's happened, whether I... I think it's just because he's missed the pre-season. There was a lot of debate and it was near the end of the window we eventually, or just before the season started, we eventually got him. Uh, he needs to come good. And this is the sort of game where we can, he can come good in. He'll get, he'll get more time on the ball in, the, in his position if he's further up the field. And he's very good at arriving late. And if we've got someone like Almiron stretching them at the back, a cross comes for Wilson and gets cleared, it could be set up for Willock to to notch one. So I'm just going to go and buy some more straws to clutch at <laughs> and, and pray for a 1-1 one, one draw with Willock scoring the first goal. And that's it. I'm, I'm just, I just wanted to say we'll score tomorrow. But we've got great expectations and hopes and grandeurs, uh, illusions of grandeur on your Castle fans. I just want yeah. a goal. <laughs> a goal in St. James's. I think it's more one, like, one. It, it feels more like great expectations from the Dickens era. <laughs> it's worse than that, isn't it? It does. Chris, there's been no announcement on Lewis, mate, uh, at all. So um, uh, It looks like he's going to be at least 68 weeks the way he pulled up like that. There's a lot of speculation yeah, yeah. and a lot of stuff flying around uh, Twitter, but there's been no confirmation. Okay, Mitch, it's my favourite part of the Saturday morning yeah. show. It's the, it's the, it's the lucky dice. Um, what is the lucky dice going to give us today? Let's find out. Well, it gives me one one. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> one one. And I would take and I would take that right now and snap your fingers, your hands, and everything else to your forearm off. Definitely. Um, I just want to see we give a good account of ourselves. Yeah. To come away for the from the game, not capitulating, not giving in, and 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 having looked like a decent organised football team who. Gave them a game, whatever the result. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, some classics coming in from Mr. Midnight. He says we should call it the oil classico. Yeah, <laughs> I've, heard it, I've heard it called the, 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 the classic oil. Yeah, yeah the oil the, classico. The, the, Abu, the Abu Dhabi. Uh, we've had that one before as well. Some uh, some good stuff. And uh, we'll finish on a positive from Andrew. He says 4 0 to the tune. Uh, good stuff, mate. I'll have a uh, double pint of whatever you're drinking. Uh, I'll have a pint of that, thank you. Yeah. Rachel says 2 2. But uh, yeah, the old Desmond. 1 1, I think. Um, 1 1. Yeah, Chris said, Chris said, I said 1 1, draw 2, Stu. Great company. So there we go. A few predictions from everybody. Thanks, everybody, in the chat. Uh, as always, thanks to Mick, thanks to Alvali, thanks to Stu, and thanks to Mitch. Great to see you guys. Have a good weekend. And as always, uh, don't let the football spoil it. It's Merry Christmas, isn't it? Are we, are we, are we well, Merry go Christmas, on, Mick. Yeah, we can do. We might try and squeeze one in, but um, yeah, oh, go right, on. Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah, Merry no, no, no. If, we're gonna, if, we, if we can fill one in, fill one out. Christmas next Saturday, isn't it? It is, yeah. We won't do yeah. one next Saturday, Mick. Uh, I'll be too busy opening presents. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, we might try and squeeze one. And what we might try and do, Mick, is because because um, Mitch is flying over this week, we're, we're thinking about doing the uh, the three amigos on what did we say Thursday, Mitch? Thursday, I think. Aye. Thursday for an hour. So what we might do, Mick, is if you're up for it, pop onto that yeah. one as well. Aye, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll just do that instead. Okay, Mick, we'll get yeah. you on as part of the Three Amigos uh, Christmas special. That'll be great. All well, right. If, if, well, if, 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 if Stu's got 3 0 and first goal, Je uh, Jamal Lasalle's, yeah. I mean, happy days. Well, he'd be paid for the, <laughs> paid for the drinks as well, which is fantastic. There'd be, be about a million pounds worth of money somewhere. They'll <laughs> be buying the club if that comes in. <laughs> exactly. You can do an Aussie ordeals and buy a player, Stu. That'd be good. <laughs> See you later. Cheers, everyone. Bye.
Talking to myself again But it's easy